Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. <laughs> Cretan. How's everybody doing? It's a Cretan himself. Yeah, we've, we've never found anything better than Greetings, Cretans, have we? No, we really haven't. And it, why would you look? It's quality. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, why? how are you going to prove on perfection? Yeah. Someday I'll have to go back and listen to my first utterance of Greetings, Cretans. And... <laughs> no, Just don't, don't go back and listen to yourself. It's horrible. No. You know, I that yeah. i've done it you uh, really don't that's like true say so, you know in the uh in the intro and then drink before they think i thought of another one uh, <laughs> two guys that fine before they whine how's that <laughs> clever yeah uh keep working keep working on <laughs> okay it's uh yeah, don't quit your day job <laughs> speaking of perfection uh our sponsor uh, Blickman Engineering, BlickmanEngineering.com dot com with two ends. Now they uh, they they b- produce some of the uh, most fantastic equipment to make your brewing better. Uh, you know uh, the Tower of Power. The Tower of Power. Yeah. <laughs> he controls your mash. It's funny. I think we have two sponsors with a Tower of Power. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, but we did. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, uh, he's fantastic. You know, check him out, BlickmanEngineering.com. They're they're paying for the show, so you don't have to. So the least you can do is go to the site, check it out. Uh, you know, ask your local homebrew shop to carry Blickman Engineering. Uh, you know, go go check it out. Lots of, lots of good stuff that they have. Uh, and like John saying, the Tower of Power, he's creating new stuff all the time to uh, make your brew day uh, more easier, more pleasant, more consistent. Uh, give you the tools to make great beer, and and hopefully we're providing you some of the some of the other tools to uh, make great beer. Yep, check out your lo- local homebrew shop. They can order um, order this equipment from Blickman Engineering, mm-hmm. and uh, be happy to take your orders. In case you don't know what the Tower Power is, it is a uh, electronic control system for gas burners. So the and with using um, RTDs, which I forget what that stands for, but it's not a thermistor; it's a step up from that, mm-hmm. and so that you can measure accurately measure the temperature of the wort and cycle the gas burner on and off uh, automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, has even has bells and whistles. So if uh, if the burner fails to light and so alarm goes off, and whistles. Yep. Nice. That's what I yeah. want in a brew system. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I saw. I it, saw that at the conference. It was fantastic. I was blown away. 
That's pretty slick. Great. Yeah. Great stuff. And, and you know, uh, most importantly, support your local homebrew shop. You know, when it comes time to uh, buy things like, uh, you know, books for, uh, you know, your, your brew library, you know, uh, Palmer and I have written a few. Uh, you know, the place to buy them is your local homebrew shop. You know, don't buy them on don't buy them on Amazon or something like that. I mean, Amazon's great. I I use it. I I think it's an excellent resource. But you know, your local homebrew shop needs uh, your support uh, in order to, to to stay there. And you may think, well, you know, why should I support you know that guy to stay in business? Because they bring other people into the industry. Yeah. Oh, why do I care about other people brewing? Well, because when we get enough people brewing, then all of a sudden. You know, those great hops, those great malts, all this great equipment becomes available to you. The more people into, you know, into the hobby, the more, uh, you know, that, that, that plays to, you know, getting you the products that you're going to enjoy and, and really developing your hobby into to something that, you know, is, is fantastic. And your local homebrew shop is a critical, critical link in that. So that's why it's important to go buy stuff from your local homebrew shop. Go in there, you know, buy a copy of the books. Um, you know, that's that's fine. If you if you don't have a local homebrew shop that's carrying it, and they don't want to carry it, you know, buy it from the Brewing Network. Uh, you know, support this show. Absolutely important. Uh, but that local homebrew shop, critical part of uh, you know the whole industry. Uh, you know, staying staying in business. So, uh, you know, when you can right. when you can send them a buck, uh, and it uh, it's a good thing. So uh, make sure you do that. All right. So uh, we're going to do a, a Q&A show. We enjoy doing these shows because it gives us a chance to give some some rapid feedback to people. We get uh, a lot of questions into Brew Strong at the brewingnetwork.com. You can send in lots of requests and things for that for shows. If you got show ideas, go ahead and flag it with a show idea in the uh, in the subject matter. If you got a question for the show, uh, you want us to answer on a live Q&A, throw a, throw a question or a Q&A on the uh, on the subject matter. We get a lot of those and we uh, we we've actually made a pretty good dent in the backlog. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we really appreciate all the questions cuz that's how we come up with show ideas. I mean, you know, we look we'll say, you know, four people have sent in the same question. Well, let's let's tackle that. Really? That's how we do it? Okay, yeah, that's how we One do way. it. All yeah. right. No, yeah. That's, well, that's you know, your pin the tail method works great too. But right, right. That internet search thing. That's you know, I turn off safe search and then I just you know start typing <laughs> in words and see what comes up. It works really well. You just like the blindfold. <laughs> I like the blindfold. Well, here, let me tell you something about uh, my friend John Palmer, which you probably <laughs> don't know, but I actually I'm privy to you know Palmer and I we we share a lot of inter- intimate information. I've seen the man, yeah. you know, getting ready in the morning. I've seen a lot of things. And uh, <laughs> one of the things I noticed is uh, my friend John Palmer. He has a prosthetic big toe on his left foot. Something you didn't know about my friend John Palmer. Huh. All right. Does that make seven or eight? <laughs> what, toes? Yeah. Let's not ruin another uh let's not ruin a future things you don't know about my friend John Palmer. Okay, like, that's right. Yeah, so let's not give away. Time. I need I need sure. to save these for for the future. Spoiler and you, alert. did you did you catch the last one? He spent a summer in Spain studying bullfighting? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Of course you knew that. <laughs> I revealed it to the to the audience. 
I, I, I know you didn't want to let people know that. that you know, bullfighting is a very controversial subject, and you've you know, you've held off on uh, you know you you've you've gone away from your bullfighting ways because That's you right. know because of because of the whole thing with the bulls. Yeah. Yeah. You're a drinker, not yeah. a fighter. Not a fighter. That's yeah. right. Right. You know, yeah. it's it was more about studying the history and the passion of bullfighting. Yeah. It really got so I was I was just spanking them as they ran by. <laughs> Is he talking well, about going hogging or going bullfighting? I don't well, know. Well, and the, the funny thing is, these two are related. This is how he lost the big toe uh, on his left foot. It all comes together. Got the prosthetic <laughs> toe. Yeah. So, because, you know, you can't, you really can't bullfight without all your toes. No, the balance don't is know. off. Exactly. You see, mm-hmm. so you, you've yeah. got to, you've got to have that, that toe to push off of to get out of the way. So he had to get the prosthetic toe. So it's, it's just. You know, yeah. he's, he's a very complex man, and I thought I'd share some of that information with you. A lot of people are interested. You know, they want to know more about uh, the man that is John Palmer. I'm just kind of oh, that's what you do, man. Revealing those. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm there for you. I'm there for my my broom <laughs> brothers and sisters. All right. So uh, what we're going to do today is uh, the Q and A show. And uh, what's our what's our first question, uh, JP? Actually, it's more of a comment from the chat. <laughs> uh, Baruz goes. At one point, I thought these were real until yeah, I knew that. <laughs> uh, of course he knows that it laugh. happened to him yeah it's all real Bruce. don't worry <laughs> it about is it is real yeah and uh, i don't know what happened to you in, in season three of 24 Bruce. you kind of just left um all right this is, comes from andrew he says jamil and john first of all let me just say thanks your show fucking rocks and you guys do a great job bringing an intelligent answer to everything under the sun people need to know about brewing wow. my question is this i'm a recent owner of a signed brewing classic styles book Ah. Uh, all of your recipes seem to be with a liquid malt extract. Fine by me. I would rather use liquid, but when you have some that are an increments of, say, 0.4 pounds of wheat LME, mm-hmm. do you have any good ideas of converting these to DME so I can save a little money as well as use the leftover DME at a later date? Yeah. Thanks, you too. You're awesome, and keep doing what you do. Absol- absolutely. And, you know, it's generally about... Depends on the DME, tell me, but generally about eighty percent DME, John, uh, yeah. to to uh, an equivalent amount LME. So you have your LME, you have a 0.4 pound. Take eighty percent of that, you can use DME. Right. And and the the thing that's most important when you're choosing extract, um, you will use the freshest extract that you can get. Now, if you can get nice fresh liquid malt extract, that's what I would use. If there's any doubt about that. The dry malt extract has a much longer shelf life and tends to be the better choice. If right. your liquid malt extract has been sitting there a month or two, go dry. Right. Uh, our friend uh, Bob Hansen at Brees uh, really taught us that. He's like, you know, uh, liquid alt- malt extract is great, but, you know, the dry is going to uh, be, you know, less oxidized, more shelf stable, mm-hmm. things like that. So if you're at a shop that that can't turn the liquid over quickly, um, you know, get some dry. Yeah, opt for the dry. Yeah, I I uh, have had great luck, uh, great success. I should say, um, using you know bulk liquid malt extract from the homebrew shops. Mm-hmm. You know, they order in a 55 gallon drum, they and they're turning over quick. those drums every week or two. Yep. So. Uh, it works out real well, but yeah, if if there's a variety, say like the wheat or um, 
you know, another flavor like Munich, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably not going to be able to get that in liquid, and you'll you'll need to go for the dry because that way you're assured of a of a better freshness for a, for a more scarce uh, product. Well, and the the only you know pure Munich that I'm I'm aware of is is liquid and from Weirman. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. I think they're the only ones that are still doing uh, Munich as a as an extract, hundred um, percent. And so the recipes in the book though are done hundred percent Munich. So you can go ahead and substitute out a fifty percent Munich, a forty percent Munich, a sixty percent Munich, whatever it might be. There's there's different blends. So what you can do is is get um, uh, different uh, extracts at your shop. And ask them how much Munich is in this. If it's you know fifty percent Munich, then um, you go ahead and just double the amount of Munich extract in the recipe. So if it's a pound in the recipe, you go ahead and do two pounds, and then just reduce your base malt by a pound. Right. So you end up with that full Munich flavor, uh, and you can you can go ahead and adjust that way. So that's why it's done that way. Yeah. I have a good question to tag onto this. Uh, this is from Chris. He says, I noticed that some recipes call for LME, liquid mm-hmm. malt extract, in portions smaller than are sold in stores. Mm-hmm. My question is, can unused LME be stored safely? If so, mm-hmm. how do you store it and for how long? John? Um, store it in the, in the fridge or the freezer. Uh, put it, you know, cover it tightly and um, purge the headspace if you can. I mean, if you tend to store it for a long time. But uh, temperature is the primary consideration. If you can get that. Mm-hmm. If you can stick it in the freezer, it'll keep quite well. Um, but uh, storing it warm, you know, it won't it won't last very long at all. It's interesting, you know, like hops, yeast, uh, malt extract, grains, anything. You know, temperature is is the thing. Oxidation happens faster. A spoilage happens faster. Uh, everything happens faster at elevated temperatures. Uh, our friend uh, Dr. Bamforth, uh, Charlie, he's yep. fond of saying, you know. The you know the the rate of uh, you know staling happens you know twice as fast for every ten degrees C, mm-hmm. and you know same thing goes for malt extract as it does for beer as it does for just about everything you know hops, so you know get it as cold as you can and that really slows down that process and uh, uh, should should help quite a bit. Oh, right. Nick, the conversion from uh, liquid to dry is uh, roughly. Um, 42 points per pound per gallon for for uh, dry malt extract and 36 points per pound per gallon for li- uh, liquid malt extract, which works out to about, um, you know, six uh, ratio of six to seven, you know, you divide there. So uh, you need six sevenths as much uh, dry malt extract as a liquid malt extract uh, amount. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll answer more of your questions right after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, 
ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry, and much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we could think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer.
summertime has arrived, home brewers, and the fine folks at More Beer are thirsty. With the arrival of summer's heat, More Beer's got you covered with great deals on temperature control and some fantastic lawnmower beer kits. Ranko and Johnson temperature controllers, thermal wells, and thermometers, as well as light and refreshing beer kits you're going to love this hot summer. Stay on top of your home brew's temperature and keep your kegs topped up too. Summertime beer and gears from your friends at More Beer and morebeer.com. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. We're having fun in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. we are. Well, and, and, and here's a uh, bonus. What you don't know about my friend John Palmer. <laughs> he was a backup singer for the Backstreet Boys. That's a bonus from the uh, chat room. Bonus, what you don't know about my friend John Palmer. I did not know that about you, though. But uh, uh, the, the chat room tells me that that is uh, actually true. Yep. It's amazing what you don't know about me. Well, that's, that's true. We've spent a lot of time together. We've shared some hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. I've gone through your personal uh, effects while you weren't in the room. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, now I know. Uh, I know a few things about you, but I did not know that. So Lots you, of adult males carry stuffed animals. <laughs> right. It was the crying and cuddling with the stuffed animal at night that really kind of freaked me out. I'm, I'm sorry. but Lots of adult little, males have oh, buried trauma. That's buried trauma. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. Uh, so I'm not sure if that Backstreet Boys one is true or not, but I'd heard that in the chat room, so I just thought I would mention it. All right. Uh, back to our... It was probably really 98 our, degrees is what it was. Yeah. He just doesn't want to say it. Yeah, air supply. Just, just to stay in sync. Yeah. I think air supply is probably... probably, uh, probably more it goes with our air, aeration show, yeah. <laughs> Menudo would have been better. <laughs> All right, here's a good question from Westco. Hello, John and Jamil. Hello. We all know that as soon as a beer is brewed, there's only a certain amount of time before that beer hits its peak, then starts to go downhill. For really mm-hmm. pale beers, this can be a short period of time. Yes. I was wondering why you can make a very pale Lambic, and it can taste great after years of aging, but an American Blondale is going to taste like shit after the same amount of time. Oh, my question <clears throat> makes sense. Pardon me. It makes perfect sense, and that's... Yeah. Uh, that's an excellent question because I had never really thought about that. Huh. Well, now's your chance. Uh, hops is one reason. Um, in a pale ale, you're a, lo- a great part of the beer character is the hop profile. I, the I, I, but I think he was saying like a blonde, an American yeah. blonde. Not well, a lot so, of hops. Yeah. American but, wheat, not a lot of hops. Yeah. But there is a hop character that's a component of the beer. Yeah. Whereas in a sour, uh, you're not looking at a, a fresh hop character. You're looking at a beta um, acid character. Mm-hmm. Um, so which that isn't going to change, or at least it's not going to negatively change in terms of flavor hmm. with time. Um, in, in a lambic or a sour, yeah. you've got 
you already got several oxidation reactions that have taken place. You know, and that's part of the the you know the part of the final character of that beer. So wait, 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 wait. All right, so I I would agree with you on the hop character thing. So okay. it's it's like why you can you can make a Pliny the Elder clone, right? And it right. tastes great for a month, and then it tastes horrible. Right. You know, not necessarily horrible, but quickly the hops are dropping off, and things right. are just kind of going south. Right. But you also get an oxidation character in the malt. And in pale beers, very quickly. So if you were to make a beer that is, you know, very low hops, American wheat, blonde ale, something like that, um, where where hop character is very low, it's not a lot of hop, uh, alpha acids, beta acids, whatever. And, you know, th- those beers go south very quickly as well. And I think you know it's it's the pale malt. It's the there's yeah. very little antioxidants like you get in the darker ones with the highly kiln malts, and I think you get an oxidation character of the malt that remains and and the alcohols and things like that, and that really drives it south. Now I think what's working on the lambics and things like that lower alcohol, so you don't get those alcohol oxidations. You don't get there's not a lot of residual malt there. Right. Really, very low finishing gravity. I think there's not a lot of sugars and things like that to oxidize, and I think that adds to it. And I think, um, like you're saying, you've also got some oxidative character that's part of the style, but also there's a lot of organisms still alive in that beer that are kind of consuming that out the, that oxygen as it comes in and mm-hmm. kind of protecting it in an odd way. So you're yeah. getting, you've got bread and you've got bacteria and, you know, things like that that are all, you know, still alive. Well, and so that's just that's like the case of a, of a bottle-conditioned beer versus a filtered beer. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, so the keeping the beer on the yeast is going to help preserve it longer <laughs> uh, in a lot of cases in terms of oxidation character. Well, see, and I, I, I think so, but... You know, your standard, you know, Saccharomyces, I think, you know, it dies over time. Yeah. Uh, you know, a shorter period of time. But you have, like, you know, bread that seems to hang around. You have, you know, I think there's, you know, some, you know, ability to continue to consume the micro-oxygen. And maybe that's also part of that whole, you know, lambic, yeah. uh, you know, sour beer culture thing. Well, also, mm-hmm. I mean, isn't it just the, I mean, the flavors as you age it longer, mm-hmm. those flavors are more predominant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe it's covering up the kind of subtle differences, mm-hmm. uh, the changing in malt. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I've had old lambics like five, seven years, and they kind of taste like shit. They kind of just taste like a lot right. of acetobacter, right. and that's right. about it. Right. So I, I I would say no. I, I don't think that just because it's a lambic, you can lay it down for X number of years and it's always going to be fantastic. I, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I I think you know the, the and this is maybe based off of you know the claim that I make all the time. It's like, look, your pale beers are only going to last for a few months. And your dark mm-hmm. beers will last for years. And the guy's saying, well, wait, wait. You know, you have these lambics. They're pale. They're lasting for years. Um, you know, you're doing you know one, two, three year aged beers, and you're blending them and things like that. Uh, so I, I think that's what ex- it, I think it, uh, those factors are extending the, kind of the life of the <laughs> Jesus John. Um, I think they're extending the life of those beers. 
Yeah, I, I think and, and I making think a, making a, a year or two possible. But as JP says, mm-hmm. you know, these beers even then they fall off at a certain point. There's only a, there's a certain limit to how long they are going to live. Yeah, I, I think you also you, know, you if you kind of consider it in, in terms of oxidation potential mm-hmm. of the style, you know, again a, a blonde, you know, pale malt, not a lot of antioxidant property. Um, maybe you know, lot, lots of lots of potential for things to go bad, mm-hmm. versus a pale sour beer where you know a large part of those a large part of the potential is already gone bad, and you're you have a lower a lower bad. potential for change. Not gone bad, it's become well, perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, or potential for change. Let's call yeah, it. right. Well, and and that's a. <laughs> An interesting point, John. Uh, you know, potential for change. Does a bottle of oxy- a bottle of water become oxidized? No. Right. And why doesn't it become? Because the 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 water itself is not becoming. There's there's fairly you know, inert. Yeah. Yes. There's not something to oxidize for the oxygen mo- molecules to attach to. And I think you know when you're talking a lot of residual malt uh, yeah. and re- residual sugars, those things will oxidize. Right. Unless there's something to prevent it, like you know the darker kiln malts or something like that, where it's you already know. formed a melanoidin, which is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know not going to oxidize more, it's right? Or you know, in something where you know those everything's been reduced down to a very low level already, yeah, and you you've got a very low finishing gravity. I think that those are going to be a little more shelf stable. Those without hops. And really low finishing gravity, and other characters that kind of mask the oxidation. All those factors are, are kind of playing a role. Yeah, I think I think we've answered that. Perfect. I do too. I yeah. think we actually came up with a good answer. That is a good answer. <clears throat> my my my. With Our the, reputation uh, is intact. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, that's true. I thought it was an excellent question, though. Really, really good question. Yep. Yeah, I thought right. so too. Uh, Eagle dude in the chat says. In an effort to reduce unnecessary contact with yeast, starter, and wort, I would like to sanitize my conical, make the starter in the conical, and then transfer the cooled wort directly onto the starter in the conical. Is this a good idea? If not, why? One more time. <laughs> so what he wants to do is he wants to make his starter, starter uh-huh. in his conical uh-huh. and then pitch on top of, or not pitch, but rack on top of uh-huh. that starter uh-huh. that's already in the conical right, right. just to reduce uh, unnecessary contact. I, I think anything. that's great, especially, you know, if you can, you know, it sounds very uh, pro-brewerish, I would say, mm-hmm. especially if you can um, do that. The only thing is, you know, that starter wort tends to not taste that great. And if you can keep the, you know, if you're if you're doing this at high croissant, where all the growth has already occurred in the yeast, and the yeast is most most active, that's the time to go ahead and rack onto it. Um, the the my only concern would be that the volume of the starter uh, be five percent or less than the volume of the beer. I think you know five yeah. is kind of about my cutoff. Where past five, you know, I really start noticing the starter wort contribution. Below five, it's like it doesn't seem like it's it's an issue. Yeah, I agree. I think also, um, don't make lots of work for yourself trying to imp- to get a one percent improvement, um, unless 
unless you're already you know, unless that's that one percent is your real goal. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing my starters in an Erlenmeyer flask on the stir plate and then just dumping the whole thing in or or throw it in the fridge and let it settle out. You know, so I'm reducing the amount of starter beer that I'm adding. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not sure if I'm re- if I'm hearing his question correctly, but um, it's if it, I'm not sure if if he understands his goal uh, with uh, respect to trying to keep everything in that one vessel. Well, I think his goal is to avoid contamination and transfer and you know exposure to air and things like that. But exposure to air of the starter, yeah, non-issue. Well, um, the air with you know dust and bacteria and yeah, you know, wild yeast. So I think okay. if you know if he can make it in his closed vessel, he's sanitized it. He's sure that you know the air inside that vessel is clean. Yeah, and he does okay. a starter, and then he pumps the word in through a closed transfer. I think that's great. You know, because then mm-hmm. you you know you positive pressure out of that, and you you're just blowing uh, air out of that. I think you know it's essentially you know very pro brewerish if if you ask me. Well, essentially, what you're doing is you're making a small batch of beer, right? And, and then you ferment rack- in your fermenter, exactly, and, and then, then racking more beer uh, on top of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Good point, JP. Here's a good question from Rob. He says. Hey, hey, hey. I really enjoy your show and have learned quite a bit listening to it. My in-laws are gracious enough to be taking my wife, son, myself, and JP to Germany this summer. I just threw that last part in. I hope it works. Uh, Was wondering if you folks might take a moment to suggest any must-see brew sites. Rumor has it we will be in Munich and Cologne and in between. Been brewing for about two years now and love the process and the art. Will be a a brewer for the rest of my life. Thank you for your time and brew strong. Well, I would tell you this. If you're going to go to Cologne, you have to go to Dusseldorf. It's just up the road, a a small distance. And the train, you can get there quickly if you're in Cologne. Or you can can drive it within 30 minutes tops between the two locations. And Dusseldorf is, to me, that is fantastic. There's places there where they've brewed beer for 800 years at that same spot. Now they've upgraded their equipment over time, but it's still, you know, pretty, you know, it's it's the same sort of recipe, same sort of process, and, uh, you know, it's just unbelievable. If you're a beer geek, Dusseldorf, you know, go walk the Altstadt and and stop in at as many of the places as you can, chat with the locals, enjoy it. Absolutely, just fantastic. The Cologne and the Kolsch, I mean, it's great, but there's it's down to just a couple of breweries that brew all the Kolsches. So there's still like a dozen or so different Kolsches, but they're brewed by just a handful of breweries or a couple of breweries now. You know, they're contract brewing their, their recipes now, so... It's 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 fine. It's it's just kind of a different thing. But Dusseldorf, that's that's special for me. That's that's something. So that's, that's what the I would target. Huh? Uh, that that's what I would suggest if you if you're going to be there. Yeah, it's it's a not miss. And, and you know Bamberg, if you can do Bamberg or you know something like that, <laughs> also very special. How about you, Palmer? You got any uh, suggestions for people? I've never been to Europe, so uh, I'm kind of left out on this one. What we need to do is get you fired from your job. <laughs> and then convince yeah. the wife that it's important for you to uh, tour Europe to further your your beer career. Can't you can't you write it off at this point, Palmsy? Yeah, could. could. It's just a question of vacation time and family time. I think et you cetera, need to uh, tour the Water of Germany oh. section for your book, your next book on yeah. water. Yeah. 
should. Well, water in Germany. <laughs> I spent three months drinking water in Germany. Yes. <laughs> I tasted the water here. It tasted fine. Now on to the Czech Republic. Yes. Now I can uh, write the whole thing off. All right. All right. Uh, Jeff writes in, hey, Jamil and John, if I enter a mild in a competition with an original gravity of 1040, which is two points high, will it still be considered a mild? Or should I enter it into multiple subcategories like a Southern English or a Northern English? It finished at 1010, 20 IBU, 20 SRM. Thanks for all the great info. Cheers. All right. Coastal Brewer. All right. So so here's the thing. If it... uh, whatever it tastes like that's what you should enter it as if it tastes more like a southern english or a northern english then enter it as one of those if it tastes more like a mild it seems more like a mild then enter it as that uh it doesn't really matter what the starting or finishing or what you added you know people are like you know i added coffee i can't taste it all but i've got to enter it as a coffee beer because i put coffee in it it's like well if you can't taste it then no it's not a coffee beer you know, you'd have to be able to taste some coffee character. It's the same thing on these. You know, don't worry about it. Taste yeah. it. Say, oh, this is an excellent mild. Or, no, this is a little big for that. Or this is, you know, more like a Southern English brown or a Northern or whatever it might be. Just say, oh, you know, this has really got the character. Or, you know, blow those off and say, oh, you know, it's really hoppy and it's, you know, higher alcohol. Yeah, this is a great American brown. Whatever it might be, that's what you enter it as. Doesn't matter what your process was or any of that other stuff. You know, ignore all that. Center is one of those. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll do more of your questions right after this. BN Army Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Pintley is your personal beer connoisseur, and you don't even have to leave a tip. Pintley.com learns your taste in beer. Create a free account today and start by rating a few beers. In just a couple of clicks, Pintley will get to know you and your personal preferences. You won't believe how accurate Pintley's amazing algorithm can be as it learns what pleases your palate most. Personal beer recommendations, tasting notes, and now their new app for your Android or iPhone smartphone. Pintley also gives away incredible prizes each month. Prizes like free craft beer for a year. Visit Pintley.com right now to see how it works or to create your own free account. Pintly, a new kind of beer website that only recommends beer you're sure to love. Pintly.com. 
Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're doing a live Q&A. And uh, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors. Uh, You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, uh, ladies and folks and and everybody in between are you looking to spice up things in the bedroom been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie well here's an offer you won't be able to resist go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only you'll get 50 percent off just about any item but that's not all oh no when you select your one item at 50 percent off you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. And these are DVDs, I believe, that you choose. So it's not just, uh, you know, random, you know, goat and green jello sacks. Uh, for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so essential, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we are not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, it was just, top it off intended to be a pun. <laughs> top it off? What? Oh, to top it all off. No, I, I don't understand that. Um, just use offer code J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com. They're a sponsor of the show. Uh, you know, and like any of our sponsors, uh, check them out and uh, support them if you can. Uh, and, uh, you know, enjoy the products if, uh, 
that's what. If you enjoy about. those, <coughs> oh, it, it, you know, from all I heard, you know, good company. They, uh, you know, they mm-hmm. uh, treat their customers right and uh, uh, have decent pricing. So I'm kind of proud to have them as a sponsor. You know, anybody that's a good uh, look, good looking that. website. Yeah, I've checked it out. I've checked out. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've been married twenty some odd years. So there's, I suppose I should be ordering something at this point. But uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm too, know, you, too busy know, with the brewery. Been there, done that. But yeah. I'm too busy with a brewery to worry about pleasure <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, I've been living in a freaking Antioch hotel for the like the past three months at the uh, Antioch uh, Days Inn in Ramada. And, uh, you know, it's just because we're working 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day, I mean, seven days a week. It's brutal. Being a professional brewer is well, that always spices glamour. things up, too. Oh, you know? It's so much freaking work. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things. You know, all these, all these brewers, you know, you think, oh, you know, why are they a little, a little put off with all these questions and stuff? It's like, you know, people are just trying to, you know, there's people trying to bleed you dry. <laughs> you know, they ask, ask, you know, want, want, give, give. And it's like, wow, you know, if I was to respond to all these and fill all these requests, we would be out of business next month. I cannot give away $10,000 worth in merchandise to all you folks who are asking. Yeah. So, you know, if it's a nonprofit, you have a chance. If you're asking for a, a for-profit event and you don't have nonprofit st- federal nonprofit status, please don't ask. That's the rule. You got to be nonprofit. And you're like, well, you could afford to send me some shirts. Sure, like, dude. We'll be out of business if we send everybody shirts. They cost lots of money to make the shirts. It costs lots of money to ship. All the time it takes. You know, it's like I yeah. love to support yeah. everything. But uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it is. It does get to be quite a quite a burden. It's I mean, a burden. So you yeah. know, and I never really appreciated that. You know, and and then you ask somebody, you know, just a simple question. You're just like, God, why did that guy like snap my head off? It's like because everybody's been hounding them for stuff, you know, and all you're asking is for a little bit of information or something like that, and yeah. they're just worn out from this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm seeing a whole, you know, everything in a whole new light. And uh, I'm just amazed at people that uh, are able to still, you know, respond so positively. So, uh, you know, there's there's so many great folks, you know, Vinny at Russian River, Matt at Firestone, Mitch at, uh, you know, Stone. Mm-hmm. You know, just wonderful people that, yeah. you know, have done so much and continue to do so much. And I'm sure they're getting a barrage of oh, requests, yeah. you know. It's just uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just a testament to those guys. I'm not nearly that nice, so I'll probably, <laughs> just, you know, I'll send you... You know, it'll be ASCII art of a big FU if if yeah. So yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. Well, maybe not quite that bad, but don't be shocked if I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All so right. Uh, back to the back to the questions. A Baruz in the chat wants to know. Uh, this is a great story, by the way. So a local Houston competition is having a quote brewocalypse category this year. Where you submit a beer and they put it outside in a shed for a year. The beer has to survive a Texas winter and summer and uh-huh. then be judged in fall of 2012. Uh-huh. He's wondering what style would best survive high storage temps 
temperature swings and still, one year later, being stored in the heat uh, be a good example of the style. Oh, uh, easy. Russian Imperial Stout. That's what he goes. Russian Imperial Stout, Baltic Porter, something big and dark. Thanks. Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah? Yep. Clearly. Texas heat is not welcoming. Right, but you know that that those those the highly kill the abundance of highly kiln malts in that thing, and the low hopping and all that. I think it's just right there. Do you it. Know, that'll yeah. that'll protect it. I'd hate to be a judge with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to Houston. I'm doing the um uh the the blue bonnet. Uh huh. Yeah. That what it is? Uh, yeah. In Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this October. I'm all booked. I'm going to be there. Do it. Got my flights. Ooh. Gonna be fun. Maybe I can take some heretic gear with me or something and uh, and sell it and sell it <laughs> for double the price. Yeah. Do you have anything else going on this summer, Jamil? July or August? Uh, uh, July. Wait, wait, July. We're gonna be in. Um, uh, are we ha- have Tony's darts away in Burbank, California? Have you been there yet? No, I've never been. It's a, it's a it's a hole in the wall. Yeah, but uh, they're rad. They're rad folks. Nice. Uh, they have a lot. They're only California beer. Uh huh. No oh, out of state cool. beer. Cool. And they have uh, two sections of the menu: uh, IPAs uh-huh. and everything else. Right, right. It's pretty good, man. They, they, you know, it's pretty good. Oh, cool. Yeah. When and, are you doing that? Uh, July twentieth, I think. Crap. Although I'm not, I'm not one hundred percent sure. What I am one hundred percent sure on <laughs> is six p.m. July twenty first. Ladyface uh, in oh. Agora Hills. Right. Okay. And Peter uh, Simons and I, on our on our trip down to NHC, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I see this place listed, Ladyface. It gets really good, you know, reviews on beer mapping. It's kind of on our way. The timing works out. Never heard anything about it. I'll go check it out. I'll tell you, it's freaking fantastic. That's all I hear about that. That place is awesome. The The brewer is awesome. The beers are awesome. The food's awesome. The hmm. service is awesome. Everything about that place, 100% perfect. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah I was you, really impressed with them at NHC when they were pouring. Have you ever been to the uh, to their location there? I haven't. And it's, you you know, it's got not that far. To go. You got to go. It, you know, take the family. It's fan-freaking-tastic. How far is that from Disneyland, John? Do you know that? Uh, that's my relation. Hour and a half? Maybe yeah. an hour? It's on the way. Oh, it's on the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's really not out of the way. If right. you're driving, you go five to Disneyland? Well, I go I go five to uh, to visit my buddy in Lancaster, uh, usually. Right, right, right. Pushy. So just past Lancaster, Yeah. right? And then you swing a right down, uh, I mean, just, just a few miles off right. of five. Really? It's really not that far. I have to do it next time. Yeah, Agora Hills, right. uh, Ladyface, right. uh, just fantastic people. Everything, just I cannot say enough uh, great stuff about that place. I was just so thrilled with the the quality of everything there. Yeah, just just fantastic. I can't so, wait. Yeah, on the uh, July twenty first, going to be there six p.m. Okay, uh, me and Pushy are going to be there. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, right I'll see you there. All right, you gonna be there? Sweet! Yeah. Oh, we're, nice. we're gonna put you on the list. Okay. You have to be there now, July twenty first, six p.m. Palmer, you can do a book signing. Yeah, bring some books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate to push myself like that, but no, uh, come people, on, Palmer. people appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's the interesting thing. He's like, yeah, I don't want to. They want to know, know, man. Push anything, and people are like afraid to ask for a signature. 
I'm like, oh. Yeah, they shouldn't be, but I mean. They shouldn't be, yeah. Exactly. Well, you both are pretty ugly dudes. That's I true. wouldn't approach you. Well, and since we're usually making out, it's like, I don't want to interrupt them while they're kissing. It's like, well, it's okay. We do it all the time. It's like, you're not interrupting anything you know, special. All right, I'm getting a little uh, steamy in here. Right. That's for sure. So, yeah, no, going to be there. And uh, got a bunch of other beer events that are coming up. But, uh, yeah, Ladyface, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Hopefully the, the Tony's darts away the night before. So It's a good joint. Going to be there. Uh, Brian emails us and says, Hey guys, question about your book, Brewing Classic Styles. The current hop chart on page 44 is the most useful hop chart I've seen, and I refer to it with every recipe I'm considering brewing. It's extremely helpful when designing my own recipes. I just wish all the hops were on there. Any chance <laughs> of keeping an online version of it updated as new hops are introduced? Well, I'll tell you, that was Palmer's brainchild right there. Uh, you know, I, I you know threw in some uh, kibitzing and suggestions, but uh, that was his brainchild and 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 mainly his work. So, uh, what do you say, John? Is are you well, playing an update a, to that bad boy? That's a good idea. Um, okay, I'll I'll work on that. <laughs> that was easy. Man. Well, you know what we should do is to get Brennelson in on that. Yeah, and say yeah. Matt, you know, what do you think? Play some some hops on this for us, you know. Give us some tweaks, yeah. Because that that be guy knows idea. everything about about hops, so yeah, it'd be cool to uh, get his input and then post it online. Yeah, we could, yep. we could do that. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, right. let's do it. Socks side in the chat asks, "I made a rogue dead duck. I made a rogue dead guy clone, and I used the Y yeast Pac Man yeast on fermentation day four, and it's starting to crawl." How high should I raise the temperature to stir it back up? It's at 66 degrees now. And he said he started and held it at 60 degrees until today, and now it's at 66. Is that too high? No, you know, most of your growth is happening early on. And, um, you know, you probably, you know, 60 is, is awfully low. I know people say, oh, Pac-Man will do 60. Um you know, if you're pitching the proper amount of real, fresh, healthy yeast, then yes, it'll do 60. But if you're under-pitching for some reason, um, you know, the pack you started from wasn't quite healthy enough, things like that, then that's where you run into trouble and you need to be careful. So all these folks, you know, I get emails about, uh, you know, I did a lager, I started at, uh, you know, 45, like you said, and... You know, I did all the starter right and all that. It's like, you know, if you if you don't have the proper pitch of, of absolutely vibrant yeast, that's like recipe for disaster. This is why the yeast company is going, yeah, you know, start your, your lagers at 55 or 60 and then, you know, slowly drop them down or something like that. It's like because if you're going cold... You can make a great beer that way, but if you don't have the yeast health and and quantity to make to pull it off, it's just going to stick there. So, yeah. you know. did you say what day of fermentation this was? Where it was sixty six? Uh, day four. four. Yeah, so I I would say it's probably safe to ramp it up even a little more. Say up to right. seventy. Whatever growth was going to happen has <clears throat> happened. Just crank it up. All yeah. right, great. Adam from Carlsbad says, hey guys, first off, thanks for the great show. You have definitely helped me become a better brewer. 
It's obviously it was meant for a lunch meat or something. Uh, I have a question about repitching yeast. I mostly brew IPAs and only use a primary fermenter. Is it worth my time to wash the yeast and repitch? I'm pretty lazy and don't really mind spending the six, seven bucks for a vial of yeast, but if it makes my beer that much better, I'm in. What do you guys do with your yeast cake from your IPAs? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll wash them. <laughs> Sounds like you just got talked into it. Y'all? Sure. Sounds like a dare. I'll do it. I don't I'll care. take a washcloth to yeah, it. I'll Hell do yeah. it. Whatever. Yeah. Sponge bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, if, if you can go ahead and rinse out uh, that. I think that, you know, the biggest trick, and this is one thing uh, Mitch at uh, Stone kind of, you know, brought home to me is, you know, they uh, repitch off of their Stone IPA. And the reason they do is because it's the one that they brew most often. It's vibrant, it's healthy, and they're getting really good results off of that. When they tried to. Uh, switch to doing, you know, the uh, their lower alcohol, lower hot beers like Levitation. They don't brew it as often, and the results were not quite as good. You know, yeast do best when they're fed regularly and they, you know, get this constant feeding. They tend to really get, you know, very healthy. So the IPA is not necessarily a problem. You know, the bittering's not, you know, the higher the bittering, it, it does affect viability. It coats the cells, but yeah, it's more than offset by, you know, the freshest yeast. So mm-hmm. if you're brewing your IPA, you know, every week, every couple of weeks, then that's probably the right one to go ahead and, and redo. You can go ahead and, uh, you know, rinse out the, the majority of the hop matter and, uh, you know, should be fine. Yeah. I would, I would go with it. Agreed. I don't, I unfortunately am not brewing often enough to, to keep a yeast cake going. Mm-hmm. So I'm tending to to you know start fresh every time, but uh, on the other hand, I have my yeast cake from my last batch, and I'm trying to save it, and hopefully, we'll brew this weekend or maybe next weekend. Well, so. now 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 see it, heretic. <laughs> Don't want to get into the heretic thing, but um, we're uh, you know that's one big thing for us. It's like initially. We're like, all right, you buy a pitch of yeast, it's 800 bucks, all right, at the size that we're doing. So $800, can you imagine throwing $800 away every time you brew? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. essentially that's what we had to do because, um, you know, we weren't, you know, back-to-back brewing. Now now we've gotten to that point where we are, and it's, it's wonderful because I save $800 per batch of beer, which translates into, you know, $800 in savings. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge difference for us, um, you know, where we're at. I guess, you know, when we get bigger than, you know, $800 doesn't seem like such a big deal. But um, right now, uh, you know, it's considerable. Right. All right. We have another email from Colch Brewer, PFC. Uh, I have a question regarding uh, reusing dry hops for bittering in the next batch. Specifically, do you know if alpha acids are extracted during dry hopping? Of course, they won't be isomerized and therefore add no bitters during dry hopping. But if the alpha acids do dissolve in cool beer, then there will be a smaller amount available to be isomerized when those same hops are added to the boil, throwing off the bittering calculations. Thanks to keep up the good work. 
Uh, well, what happens is it's not uh, necessarily being uh, summarized in the beer, but what happens is you get a rinsing effect. So especially yeah. using pellet hops, whatever, the lupulin and all that is you know just scattered and dispersed, and you collect these hops, um, you're getting less of that material that could be summarized in the next. So you will get you know less uh, bittering. What I would suggest is if you're looking for bittering, just get yourself a really high alpha acid hop, and uh, you know instead of reusing your dry hops from the previous batch. Um, you know, if you're not commercial brewing, you know, spend the right. dollar and, you know, just get yourself some fresh hops and, and use that for bittering. That would be my, my suggestion. You got, you got something different, John? No, that's what I would say too. I mean, the, the, I, I, I know I've listened to some talks where people say you can, you know, reuse dry mm-hmm. hop and get some bittering out of them, but, um, it just economically doesn't seem to make sense to me um, unless you know unless the price of hops skyrockets again uh, right even at even at 20 bucks a pound yeah yeah I mean like uh, I use magnum for bittering a lot you know mm-hmm. at 16 percent I mean gosh it takes you know half an ounce to an ounce for a for a five gallon batcher mm-hmm. I mean it's the amount I have to use is so small that even if I used, um, you know, a pound, um, two ounces of Centennial or something to dry hop with, it's so easy to add that half ounce of Magnum for most of my bittering that I don't worry about mm-hmm. uh, saving the Centennial. I, I save it for aroma, for, for, uh, for dry hopping and so on. All right. All right. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap the show up back after this. What a great hike. Let's stop here. I need a quick bite. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, I've brought a couple of Brew Bar Energy Bars. You want one? Awesome. I've heard about these, but I haven't tried one yet. You've never tried one? But you're a home brewer and an athlete. Brew Bar Energy Bars are made by home brewers. What better way to merge your two passions? Rich barley malt paired with simple, all-natural ingredients. Here, crack that open and taste. I think you'll be surprised. This tastes really good. It's a great flavor and so moist. Better than my usual energy bar. I'm surprised you waited this long. Well, I've been meaning to try them. I've even seen the write-ups in the brewing magazines. It's just too bad my local homebrew shop doesn't stock them yet. And you've put your request in for them? You know, some homebrew shops need to get requests for new products before they'll pull the trigger. Until then, you can always get free shipping when you order online at brewbar.com. In fact, enter BN Army for a 15% discount. Homebrew clubs can also get an additional special discount for larger orders. Good idea. I'll definitely ask my local shop to carry these. All natural Brew Bar Energy Bars are now available at BrewBar.com, MoreBeer.com, and other fine homebrew shops across the country. That's B R U B A R. Look for them at your local homebrew shop. Remember, it's in your Brew Bar Energy Bar because it's in your brew. Set out to design a great brewing stand. They knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lot 
lifetime and won't rust. The top tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Hello? Hey, Drew, it's Push. You want to do some lunch? Oh, I can't. I'm reading something important. What? Hello? John, it's Push. Want- hey, this is John, and I'm busy reading right now, so please... What is going on? This is Sven. Hey, you busy? Yeah, I am. I'm reading Gordon's new book. From Brewers Publications and the only homebrewer to win the coveted National Homebrew Competition Ninkasi Award three times comes a complete look at technical, practical, and creative homebrewing. Brewing Better Beer by Gordon Strong. What sets this book apart is its insistent focus on what's important for the homebrewer. Like a great beer, it's extremely well-balanced. A mix of technical, practical, and creative advice that, if taken to heart, will make your beer a whole lot better. You'll learn Gordon's techniques and philosophy, recipes and tips to take your homebrew to the next level. Brewing Better Beer, master lessons for advanced homebrewers. 
proudly available now from Brewers Publications. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right. We got time for one last question here in this Q&A. If you're if you're listening live, stay tuned. We got one more show of live Q&A uh, going on. Uh, if you're listening to the archives, send your questions to uh, brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. Preface it with, you know, Q&A or questions. If you got a show idea, you know, preface the uh, the uh, subject matter with uh, show idea. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them as quick as possible. But uh, time to wrap this one up so it fits on one CD for all you folks with uh, without an MP3 player in your car. Losers. Uh, it's actually a, a, a comment, and then I have a question. Mm-hmm. Just listened to the new Q and A show from five sixteen eleven while I was mowing the yard. While you were talking about being cremated and brewed in a beer, I thought that was a cool idea. <laughs> then it dawned on me with with that with my luck, I would flock you laid out. <laughs> anyway, I had to throw that in there. Uh, Baxter in the chat room says, "Here's my question regarding sanitizing equipment. I know that plastic cannot be trusted and should be replaced frequently." But what about rubber stoppers? Mm-hmm. I notice mine get brown and discolored after a while. Can they be cleaned, sanitized, or should they be used a few times and then tossed? Used for a few times and tossed. Yeah, rubber stoppers? Yeah. Jamammer, what do you think? Well, it depends on what you're doing with them. I mean, if they're turning brown quickly, <coughs> what if are you cracking. doing? I mean, where are you placing those stoppers if they're turning brown quickly? That's what I want to know. Um, you know, if it's, um, it depends on the surface. Again, you know, the the reason that plastic is an issue is because it easily scratches. If you rub it with your hand, um, unless you have, you know, just incredibly delicate hands like JP, uh, you're going to scratch that plastic surface. Yeah. Ever a day of hard labor in my life. That's right. That's what these hands You have manly you. hands like Mr. Palmer. Yeah. Then... You know those will those will scratch scratch the uh, plastic surface. It's very and, callous. And those 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 surfaces, uh, you know, when they're scratched, they harbor, uh, you know, bacteria, yeast, and things like that. And it becomes difficult to clean them and properly sanitize them. So you know, the same thing is true for the rubber stoppers, the discoloration, things like that. Usually, when something discolored, it has absorbed, uh, you know, a certain amount of material. And uh, you know that can be an issue, but generally, you know the the neat things about the rubber stoppers is you can throw them into some boiling water, and uh, they will withstand that, and uh, that 
you know sanitize them fairly well so you can reuse them again when they get real hard they're hard to to use to get a good seal on your on your uh, vessel so that's you know a good indicator to to replace them as well so yeah. um you know uh, if you can afford it i'd replace them more often otherwise you can try boiling them uh every so often and that that tends to kill the critters if you get them hot enough mm-hmm. all right so that's the last question as i said if you're listening live stay tuned we got another uh, q a show coming up if you're uh, listening to the archive, you know, make sure you join us in the future. Also, check out our great sponsor, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. Uh, we're going to have him in the studio here coming up in August, so uh, stay tuned for that. That ought to be a lot of fun. He's a, he's a great, creative, funny guy, and uh, it'll be a real blast. So check out uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Check out the Brewing Network store. Lots of goodies in there. Uh, John's excellent book, How to Brew, uh, the... Uh, the foundation of uh, everybody should have that book. No kidding. Uh, that's a, that's a good way to uh, to learn everything. Also, check out uh, Brewing Classic Styles and the Yeast book. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, hey, Chris. Until 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 the next show. <laughs> Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs>